Welcome to the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Bud and Nadir, where aspiring champs come to get the latest and most accurate information to become top tier. Let's get on with the episode. Welcome back with another episode of Top Tier Tactics, and today we have your draft tips and strategies because, hey, let's face it, draft time is coming up. But how are you? I'm excited. I mean, I was, I kind of got gypped. We did. The other actually, day. we did. Okay, okay. We did. You, tell okay, them about yeah. it. You want to tell them about so, it? So, our league commissioner, I'm a little irritated with him. Uh, I'm you know not who happy. You, you know who you are. Okay. If you watch, you know who you are, which you obviously watch. Let's be serious. He was like, we have a rookie draft. He was like, if we can get everyone, we can do the rookie draft. So I'm excited. Like we were supposed to have the rookie draft in like another week, two weeks, ish, roughly. So three round rookie draft for our dynasty league. And then I got nothing. Like he just told me that was going to happen. Made me pay right then. And then nothing. So I got that juices flowing. Then it's like I got stabbed in the back. You really did. Because he, he was like, oh, if everybody's down, we could just do the draft right now. So, you know, we, we were right next to each other at a time. We're like, we're all hyped. We're like, oh, let's go. I'm so excited for this draft. Because in that draft, I have three first rounders. So you're, I was you're, hyped. You're, bu- you're trying to build. I'm trying, trying to build. build. I, yep. I already felt like I had a great team. I have a great starting roster. And I, right now, I was just building the depth. Yep. Uh, I finished, I think, second last year in that team. So I was pretty excited, ready to make a championship run. But now we have to wait longer because apparently not everybody was able to make it for this draft. And I can't believe it. Come on, guys. It hurt. It, it did hurt. It hurt. It hurt. But apparently we've got some big news. Someone else got hurt. David Montgomery. You want to hit that NFL headlines button first, though? Which what button? This one? Oh, yeah. This one right here for you? Yeah. Oh. NFL headlines. So, David Montgomery, as somebody never, prematurely told us. Never never heard of her. Oh, my God. David Montgomery apparently went down, non-contact injury, needed, what was it, a cart? In he order needed to, to be up? carted off. And from my information, Nagy said it was a groin injury and they're not concerned about it. How do you get carted off and then you're not concerned about it? So here's the bottom line. If you get carted off, you're either injured for a good long time, especially if a groin injury for a running back, or you're Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so, so Dave Montgomery, which one are you? Are you soft or are you actually hurt? M- my guess is he's actually hurt. I'm hoping he's not a Ben Roethlisberger. And if he is, that's a bigger, that's a bigger concern. Ooh. That's a bigger concern because – is he going to go out all the time getting hurt oh, or man. acting like he's getting oh, hurt? He just got a five-yard carry. Ooh, time, oh, my shoulder hurts. Oh, time to go out. Tariq Cohen, come on. No Let one touched me. Oh, <laughs> my shoulder's killing me. Um, Tariq Cohen, though. He, he just got a boost. I mean, if you have him in Dynasty League, it gives you a little bit of a boost. I definitely think they'll bring someone in if he is hurt long-term yeah. to, to help. Tariq Cohen is not really... In every uh, down. In every down back, but it would give him a lot more volume than we would think. He did have 103 targets last year, so he's not someone to take not lightly. think about or take lightly. Exactly. Yeah, so we in our last mock draft, our last video, of course, we did a live mock draft. Definitely should check that out, but uh, he went in the 13th round. Yeah, I mean. Cones. So if you are in a PPR league, that is a fantastic 
late round snack to go after. Yeah, I mean it. You're gonna have bye weeks. He's a great bye week switch in. You know, he can get a touchdown. He can get a whole you can get nine receptions in a game. You don't know he's gonna be involved in that passing game and that passing offense, especially if David Montgomery's hurt. He's gonna be even more involved. And I don't. They put him outside in the slot sometimes. He is going to be on the field a lot. It's a great option. Yeah. And even if David Montgomery isn't seriously hurt, this is going to make him turn heads and go, okay, maybe we should relax the workload a little bit to make sure we preserve him the whole year. I know earlier in the last few episodes, we talked about David Montgomery being a great mid-round pick. Now I'm a little skeptical. I'm going to take the Tyreek Hill treatment and see if I could avoid him a little bit in most drafts. Yeah, I mean, if he falls farther than what he is i mean he could be a good value yeah. but there is a risk when they do drop there's obviously always a reason when someone is dropping exactly exactly now Le'Veon bell <laughs> apparently is unhappy with his workload in a practice let's break this down a little bit he's unhappy with adam gase yes that there's he's not unhappy with the jets I'm sure he loves New York. He's fancy, you know. He's Le'Veon Bell. He's rapping, whatever. But Adam Gase is the real guy he's irritated with. And maybe a little bit of Frank Gore, too. Hmm? Frank Gore is going to take a solid amount of carries away from Lev Bell. I can't believe I said that. I believe there was a report that the longest run was 14 yards by Frank Gore. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is, was in our bus category for a reason. And this was the concern that... He's going to get taken over by someone, or Adam Gase is not going to give him the volume that he wants. Yeah, I completely agree. And and he's just going to get Adam Gase. And I, I feel like this is a lingering issue that isn't really talked about enough with Jamal Adams leaving. I mean, right now that team is in disarray. It's in shambles now. I mean, they don't have a defensive core anymore, and now they don't have an offensive core. Yeah, I mean, when we were doing some research uh, earlier, we do it every day, but uh, there was an update that you saw. There was an update. Yeah, a little uh, New York beat writer, he went out and said that the the Jets starters are uh, not doing too good in training camp. Uh, atrocious. Atrocious I think, was the, to the, the quote. be the exact word. Yes. So from a guy who is, I'm pretty sure Adam Gase is an offensive coach. He's an offensive oh, genius. So why is your offense atrocious? It's either Sam Darnold. I, no, no, no. Let's, no, 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 yeah, sorry, let's no, not say no. it's let's not get this twisted. It's Adam Gase. Yes. A hundred percent Adam Gase. We talk about it over and over again. It's that's it. He's not okay. Over under Adam Gase lasts till week five. I think over. I, I think he, he won't last after week eight. I th I think it'll be pushed. He'll be gone. Okay. All right. Fair He'll enough. He'll be gone. Fair I mean, enough. he's maybe he lasts the season, but I, he's not going to be there long. Yeah, at all. I, I Right now, everybody's kind of writing off the uh, AFC East as a weaker division. But, I mean, the Patriots still got a magnificent defense that absolutely embarrassed New York last year in prime time. They still got the Bills and the Dol Dolphins took out the uh, the Patriots at the end of last year. So, I mean, I mean that, that is going to be a good division. And the Jets are going to be railed by every team by them. I think the Dolphins are moving in the correct di exactly. direction they're moving the right is way is what's going on and, and jets are obviously going in the wrong direction i think they're going to keep going that way and until they make a move at quarterback or <laughs> at head coach yeah there we go yeah yeah and the the jets did draft the running back who i picked as a very sneaky draft pick in your fantasy dynasty league p ryan p ryan yeah and 
I just uh, I don't believe in Lev Bell. I believe it was always the system in Pittsburgh that made him so good. And I think I'll be uh, I'm being proven right right now. Hundred percent with Adam Gase. All righty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so we 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 have uh, draft strategies and tips for you guys because I mean let's it's, face it, it's draft time. It is. This is the best time. This is Christmas right now. And uh, do you want to start it off? I mean, yeah, let's do it. All right. Give give us the first tip. So one of the first tips is understanding league format, right? PPR, auction, half PPR, you know, best ball, dynasty, all of that. You need to understand what league you're in and what settings and Mm -hmm. the scoring for it as well. Uh, For quarterbacks, four-point touching or pass touchdowns and then six-point. There is a difference there. Mm-hmm. There's something you need to remember and kind of put it in the back of your mind. Exactly. And I want to piggyback on that. And because you need to understand your league format, you also need to understand what is the deepest position in that league. Say you are in a super flex league. You have to understand quarterbacks are a value. You have to go for them. Maybe wide receivers are just going to have to be on the back burner for right now. If you are in a standard league, you know, wide receivers, they're a little bit harder to get points from or running backs are a little bit harder to get points from due to the, uh, non-reception points so you got to target running backs a little bit heavier if you are in a full PPR league wide receivers especially in a three wide receiver PPR league with a flex then you, you just got to target those wide receivers a little bit more to make sure you get those uh, reception points yeah I, I agree all right you got another one for us so I mean mock drafts it, it's an entertaining thing I think everyone should be doing mock drafts on a regular basis so then you can kind of nail out a strategy a little bit on seeing where people are going all of that kind of stuff that's a big thing and then to touch on that point running backs early go running backs early and often is one of my strategies Mm -hmm. and my tips and What's your opinion? Well, if it is a super flex league, then I'm gonna tell you to not do that. Oh yeah, I mean, if if you get a super flex league, you're gonna you're gonna get quarterback probably very early. A lot of people are, and there's only 32 teams. Exactly. So you're only getting 32 starters for quarterback. And of course, you typically want around three quarterbacks. Yes. Just so you can play matchups in a bye week. But uh, I, I do agree that you should be attacking running backs early and often because they're just so difficult to have and they're they're valuable i mean you need a wide receiver you could definitely exchange somebody a running back to wide receiver typically Uh, and i do want to add on to yours Uh, you should while you're doing mocks you should have a plan especially in the first five rounds you got to know who you want who you like who to get if the person gets taken what's a backup plan plan c plan b oh he falls okay i want him i want that you got to know what you want to do and you got to have a plan to attack. You, you can't be hesitant in the first five rounds. You need the most consistent, best players to be the core of your team. Yeah. I mean, you need to have a plan B and a C. I can't stress that enough. Because people are going to go that you did not think were going to go. And there's going to be other options there that you didn't think was going to be there. So you need to make sure you're ready for those first five. Obviously, later rounds too. But after the first five rounds, it's going to be... A lot of people are going to go with preferences on who they like. There's going to be a lot of different people on the board and then stick to your, stick to your board. You don't have to go through all the rankings that, you know, fancy pros and all that stick to the guys that you like that you've done research on and you feel comfortable and obviously look at your team and who you have and the needs that you have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we could tell you who we like, who we think is great. We're going to be right. Of course. 
But ultimately, the decision is up to you and your gut feeling. If you think, hey, this guy's got a good schedule, he's got a lot of good situations around him, he's going to succeed, go for it, even if you're reaching a round or two early. Sometimes, hey, the, the gut is always right, and sometimes you just got to go with it. Yep. All right. So I, I, think that, I think that's a lot of good tips there. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's try to piggyback with those tips, with those draft strategies. You want me to start the first one or you got it? Uh, you know what? You started both of them. My turn. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scrub. So so this is my favorite strategy, and I, I do this early and often, and that's stacking QB to player. And I, I always try to do this with Zach Ertz to Carson Wentz. I did that a couple years, and it's worked phenomenally for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I've seen do uh, Michael Thomas to Drew Brees. That that. They probably won a ship last year if they did that stack. Uh, you want you want to find a, a wide receiver to quarterback that have a high percentage completion, high completion percentage together, and because of that, you're just going to be stocking up on points. Double it there, throw a touchdown. There you go, twelve to ten points plus receiving yards. It's I think a fantastic strategy to go with, and it gives you a much better chance to succeed. Yeah, I agree. And there, and there's some people you don't have to really. Like Drew Brees is not going in a massive in a, in the top five, top five rounds. I mean, he's probably going round ten and below. Exactly. Uh, you can probably look that up. So, I mean, you're gonna have to obviously get Michael Thomas, but Brees is not gonna kill you. Uh, Matt Ryan is probably not gonna kill you, and Julio Jones, you're gonna have to probably get him at a a decent grade. But those are very good offenses that are going to produce for you on a regular basis. It's a great strategy. Um, one of my favorite strategies is is an all running back strategy. It's not all running backs, but heavy running back strategy. So my first three rounds, I'm probably targeting running backs almost every round, unless I have a good wide receiver that drops me that I really like, but I'm probably going round one, wide uh, running back two, three, just to solidify that running back position. Cause to me, I see a lot more depth at wide receiver and being able to find that value and be able to pick up people on free agency to be able to plug and play at wide receiver than, than running back. Exactly. Starting running backs that are going to get full lo- workloads are so difficult to find. And even if one happens to come up in free agency, they're going to be high in demand by all the other players in the league. Either if you're if you're a fab player, you're going to have to spend a bunch of money on fab. If you're a waiver wire priority player, guess what? Unless you're number one, you're probably not going to get him. So it is important to stack up on running backs in the beginning of the draft because even if you need a wide receiver, you could definitely flip, like I said earlier, a running back for a wide receiver at no problem and no cost. Yep, and, and that doesn't mean just getting three running backs in the first round and then leaving it alone. You still want that depth. So you obviously want a starting lineup. You want to get your wide receivers. You want to get your tight end. Uh, you can wait for quarterbacks later. Um, that is a value. I look at the value for quarterback and kind of get them later in the draft. But you do need some either backup running backs or guys that are a little bit safer that are going to get volume, but not to the certain extent in those first three rounds. Exactly. Now, when a, another strategy I like to employ is mostly a full PPR strategy, and that is a heavy wide receiver set. Uh, it, all, all of my leagues and all the leagues I've been in, it's been a three wide receiver and a flex. And if it is a full PPR league, then I'm going wide receivers most likely because uh, receptions are just so uh, is so important and a very sneaky way to really improve and inflate your points. 
And if you're going to get a Michael Thomas, if you're going to get a Devontae Adams, if you're going to get a Tyreek Hill, and then you're going to go to a Kenny Galladay, to a Mike Evans, you're going to have a uh, lot of success in your draft. And then all you have to do is pick up a James White or a, like I, like we talked about earlier, Tariq Cohen. Cohen later in the draft. And all of a sudden those receptions are going to offset the rushing yards or whatnot that you would get from a rushing or a running back like Derrick Henry. Yeah, and you're going to get a good amount of value for those wide receivers because a lot of people are going running back heavy. Exactly. Especially, I think especially this year, it's going to be, I think it's going to be more than usual. Yeah, and the handcuff strategy. This is this is more of my this one's ter- my territory uh, than yours. Yeah, I do not like the strategy. You're not a fan of the strategy, so the handcuff strategy. So if you have Dalvin Cook, I like to have a certain extent of reaching for Alexander Madison. I'm not going to extend myself too much, but I am definitely targeting him. Chase Edmonds is a guy that I'm targeting on a regular basis. Almost every draft, I'm going to be looking at Chase Edmonds because I think Kenyon Drake is not going to be able to have a full season. We only have an eight-game sample size for him. I don't think that is enough. Uh, we can see what happens there, but the backups or the handcuffs is is what I'm going to be looking at to make sure. Tony Pollard for Zeke, try to solidify that backfield, especially if it's a heavy run backfield. I get and understand why you're doing it and what you're trying to do. Because, yeah. I mean, say, say Kenyon Drake goes down, okay, congratulations, you just picked up an RB1 for free, or, or Dalvin Cook goes down, congratulations, you got another RB1 for free. But if it doesn't work out, then you're just holding a bench spot. Yeah. And if you become in a bi-week, uh, bi-week it, situation, bi-week you situation. might have to drop them. There is a risk-reward situation there, 100%. So you, you need to calculate your team and see what you're willing to lose. And I'm not... I'm probably taking one handcuff. I'm I'm probably not taking anything else other than that uh, unless they are getting significant playing time. I think Madison will actually get carries. I don't think he's going to be super, super relevant, but I think I can plug and play him every so often, every, not every week, obviously, but once or twice. Um, but I do see Dalvin Cook not being able to play a 16-game season, which he hasn't been ever. Nope. Uh, so, I mean, it's a, it's a good option for that, and especially if you have that high capital for Dalvin Cook. You lose him, it could be a really bad season for you. We we did have a, a buddy of ours that had David Johnson when he broke his wrist. His season was pretty much over, and he lost Sacco. So he got last place. So there is a risk-reward. It's a little bit safer play. It is. So, so are you suggesting you take your own handcuffs or you take other people's handcuffs? You can take your own handcuffs. Chase Edmonds, I, will, I don't care if I have Kenyon Drake. I will still take Chase Edmonds. Okay. Uh, I like okay. Chase Edmonds, and I think that offense can be very good for running backs. He looked great in that offense, unlike David Johnson. Um, so I think Kenyon Drake, it's a concern longevity for me on him. And I, I'm not going to be targeting Kenyon Drake. I think Tony Pollard will be the best handcuff to have in this fantasy league just okay. because I think, one, he's going to get carries already because I, I don't think they're going to lighten Zeke's workload. I think they're just going to manage it a little bit better. Yeah. But uh, and if he goes down, then Tony Pollard is going to be uh, on one of the best offensive lines, one of the best situations to uh, put up those fantasy points. Now, yeah, another I mean, strat. Yeah, go ahead. So I wanted to get into that a little bit because you have Jonathan Taylor going really early. Mm-hmm. That's one of the yes. best offensive lines for the Colts, obviously, and Marlon Mack's later. So is Marlon Mack technically a handcuff or is he a starter? Because I'm probably targeting Marlon Mack in a lot of different leagues just because of the value there if he becomes a starter 
full time and Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, or he just Jonathan Taylor doesn't show what everyone is saying. All the hype is showing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I think in that situation, I think people are just kind of going off hype at this point. We don't know what that situation is going to be there. It could be a 50, yeah. 50 split, 60, 40, 70, 30. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. But the next one is the investment strat. And I don't know how you feel about this one. I think it's a little iffy. Uh, a lot of people will kind of draft a couple players they like and then get a lot of boom potential. I mean, they might get a Jalen Rieger, Brandon Ayuk. So, you, so you're getting so just so I know for sure, high risk, high risk. It's a high risk, high risk. Pretty much a high risk portfolio. Yes. Okay. If, if they boom, hey, they boom, you win. If they don't, well, maybe you got fifty points that week. I feel like a lot of people in last place do that though. Like I feel like. If you had a bad year and you're trying to, or if you have a keeper league Mm -hmm. and and they have two really solid running backs, you know, say they had James Conner and Nick Chubb as their keepers. Okay. So you need a boom team to probably take over that team. Right. Okay. So I feel like that could be your strategy on that kind of aspect, but it seems like a really high risk, high reward, high reward for me. I, I personally probably wouldn't make that move. Unless some certain circumstances. Now, this is the most fun strategy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is the most fun strategy, but I do stressful think, <laughs> too. Probably. <laughs> I do think it is the worst strategy, but it's definitely the most fun strategy. I did it one year. It did not work out, <laughs> but it was fun though. It's it's it's, it's fun in, to an extent. It's entertaining. You're probably doing a lot of waiver moves, trying to make sure your team's situated. You don't know who really is going to start half the time, <laughs> no. and then I think your bench points are probably pretty high too because yeah. picking who's going to start and all that kind of stuff. There could be a guy who booms. You might have one of the most points on your bench because it's just you pick the wrong people. Exactly, too. it's a possibility. Yeah. So this one's my preferred strategy. This is, I think, this is the uh, the safest and the best. And it, it, it's draft the best starting roster on your team. And what I mean by this is you take, you know, you two your running backs first, and then after that you take it, or, uh, you know, you go for the best uh, best player on the draft board that helps your team and has actual team team need. So you need wide receivers after that. Okay, you get a flex, and then you get a quarterback, and then a tight end. And then, and then after you fill up your starting roster, get a kicker, and then get a defense. And because the best player, best kicker is going to be Justin Tucker probably, you're going to go and take Justin Tucker probably in the 8th, ninth round, and then you're going to take a Niners defense in the 10th. And I think that is the best strategy because, I mean, Justin Tucker is more than likely going to outscore every player that you that is drafted in the ninth and 10th round. Meanwhile, you're going to take the investment strategy or you're trying to get handcuffs. Okay, congratulations. They got you five points on the bench. Meanwhile, uh, Justin Tucker put up a game-winning field goal with 330 yarders and then he has 11 points on uh, on your actual starting roster meanwhile the Niners defense Nick Bosa has four sacks they got a pick six for Richard Sermon and they put up the 15 points themselves and they are going to be the ones that win you weeks not the uh the handcuffs not the investments not the not uh you know the the players you think are going to boom because chances are they're not and uh you might as well translate that into free points so I, defense wise, I'm I'm probably waiting or trying to stream unless I have a very solid defense, right? Yeah. So I mean, kicker, I 100% agree though. 
most of the time in the ninth or the tenth round. I mean, I'd probably try to go a little bit later than that to try to get your guy, but just Justin Quan Quan, Justin Tucker. Justin you know, Tucker. I mean, you, you gotta love him. Um, but he is going to be consistent and get you a good amount of points. Yes, kickers sometimes you don't know where they're going, but if they have a better offense, they're probably going to score a good amount more than anyone else. You know, Bucker's going to score obviously a good amount with exactly. being on Kansas City. Justin Tucker is going to score a decent amount. And if you if you stack up Justin Tucker and uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean you're getting points pretty much no matter what. So that is a strategy. Kicker is I like kickers. I know that might be a yeah. a weird concept. Defense, I'd probably wait a little bit, but this is drafting the best starting roster is pretty much drafting the the safest, not the safest team, but the guys you know who are going to perform. Like a Julio Jones is going to perform. He's he's been so consistent for so long. That is being the safer or the best roster that you can get. Yeah, I mean, right. The the whole point of it is to make sure your starting roster is elite and knowing you're going to perform every single week and then your bench will you don't care about your bench i mean that one you can start taking massive like you know investments I mean, or or you can kind of do whatever you want with that but the, the whole point of it is to not worry about oh what if he uh, takes over the starting role what if he does this because you don't want that you want starters and only starters and, and your rule of thumb for me at least your first five rounds should be you should be safe with those. You shouldn't go for a Jonathan Taylor in the fifth round, in my opinion. You should go for someone who's known to get you points and start. The later round picks are when you're going to take some more risks, not in the beginning of your draft, in my opinion. And that's what I do is safer aspects there because I can get a Marlon Mack later in the ninth round that potentially Jonathan Taylor is absolutely useless this year. Who, who knows at this point? But the value for for Marlon Mack is is better, and you're not getting that much of a risk. Yes. Now, I do want to disagree with your defensive stance on defenses. I yeah. mean, they're the only they're the only player on your starting roster that's going to start out with 15 points or 10, depending on the league. Yeah. You might as well try to keep those 10 and try to enhance on it. I mean, you might as well get the best team or best defense out there. You might as well go for the Niners, the Ravens, the the you know the Chargers. They're up there now, and uh, you know. You want points. Yeah, no, I, I understand your your point of view on that. You're also not going to have the greatest schedule on some of these teams that defenses are great. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a defensive guy and you like your defense, go ahead. You are going to have to drop someone to pick up a defense on your bye week at some point. And if you're fine with that and your team is doing great, then then sure. I'm more of on the kicker aspect than, than the defense aspect, but I, I see your point. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I, I, I agree, but I mean, if you think about it right now, um, let's see, who is on like the 10th round? Everybody is trying to go, oh, we should get him, we should get him. Uh, let's see, Bryce Love. Bryce Love, he's a hot topic right now so because... The 10th round? Bryce, Bryce Love? Probably uh, later than that. Okay. Uh, right now, and Bryce Love is probably going a later around there, and the Niners defense is going probably around there. Uh, who would you rather have? I'm not going Bryce Love in, on that situation. I'd probably like Jamison Crowder in that situation. I mean, but I'm... Do you say Niners defense? Yeah. I'm not going to draft a defense in the 10th round. Jamison Crowder is on the Jets, and we just made fun of the Jets. I can get Tevin Coleman right, I'd rather have right a Niners above defense. that. So I, w I could get Tevin Coleman. You know, that's your point of view. 
I'm I'm not doing that. I'm I'm uh. just telling you right now I'm not doing that. Tevin Coleman with three there's there's like right now there's four starting running backs on the Niners roster. I I get it. I don't know. That's uh, a tough I, one. I'm I'm not doing it. You're not? No, I'm not. I'm not. But then again, of course, this is the best starting roster strategy. This is my favorite strategy. This is your strategy. Yeah, this I, is what I, I agree with. with the strategy to a certain extent, but I'm not going to go defense on that. I would probably rather stream my defense uh, and get someone and then work and piecemeal it together on that. But that's just how I would like to do it. Hmm. Everyone has their own perspective and what they want to do. Yeah, and then you get I'm just negative points. It. Oh, I get negative points. I mean, hey, we've seen defenses get negative points. We've yeah. seen people win leagues off of defenses, especially those defenses scoop scores. alone. Uh, I, I you, remember multiple you times. You need a team. You can't just have a defense alone to win. That is that is ridiculous. So you, so you have you have you have New England that was a very good defense last year, and then you had the Jaguars. So there's always one defense that is amazing, and then you had the Bears as well. But other than that, that that defense scores a massive amount of points more than the other defenses. I'm not going to reach for a defense that might do that or might not. Do you think the Niners defense is going to be the number one and pull a New England Patriots defense is my question. Yeah. I mean, you think 100% they're going. I don't really see why not. They improved their defense from last year. You think they're going to beat the New England Patriots points from last year to this year? Oh, beat, beat them? Well, that's I mean, that, that's what we're talking that's about. That's difficult because the Patriots, they had a lot go their way. They well, had a lot of pick sixes. That's what I, that's what I would want to expect if I'm drafting them at that spot. I don't know. I don't see any 10th rounder barring a miracle or their complete uh, front runner or the starting running back, starting wide receiver getting hurt for them beating the ADP of a Diners defense in the 10th round. I would prefer getting the first sure points, the best defense, the best kicker. Might as well get 11 points at least every week minimum and then carry on your championship. And you can do that. Of course I will, baby. That's and, why I win. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, should we talk about one of our leaks? Uh, we can talk about the year before that. Oh, we're going to ignore it. Yeah, we're going to ignore oh, that. Because okay, okay. that, that was when I did the investment strat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right. Anything else? Uh, I think we knocked on a lot of um, a lot of strategies. I think I, I I definitely think we were pretty thorough about it. I think it was good. I think we're good. All right. So I want to know what you guys do with your strategies. I want to know which one you're going to go for, which one you like doing, which one you you think. It, I want to know what you guys think about the kickers and the defense. A lot of people hate the kickers. A lot of people hate the defense. Hell of people hate the kickers. I know, but I, I like the kickers better than defense. Chances are a kicker. So, I mean, th- think about this way. NFL-wise, a kicker is more important than a wide receiver. Why is that? Um, a kicker will win and lose you a game off of a game-winning field goal. A wide receiver will never do that. Ever in their lives? No, not really. Hmm. Can you think of a time at the top of your head when a wide receiver won you the game? Or an, an NFL game, like an actual NFL game, but a kicker won and lost you a game? Uh, I don't know. I'm exactly. I'm looking up fancy points for just Tucker right now. Okay, please do that. So I'll we can. We can. I'll give you a second. Meanwhile, up. I will. Talk Are you trying about to argue me with me about kickers right now? Because I like kickers. No, I'm telling right. you, I, I like kickers before you like kickers. I I trendsetted that. You sure? Sure. <laughs> tell it. Tell everyone that. <laughs> and I also trendsetted that running backs don't matter. It's just a scheme that matters. 
Oh, did you trendset yeah, that? So I talent did. doesn't matter literally. So talent all. literally does not matter in football. I mean, right now everybody in the NFL because they have talent. At that point, it's just scheme and coaching. So Patrick Mahomes, anyone could do Patrick Mahomes. Well, this is what you're telling cool. me. Lamar Jackson, anyone could do Lamar Jackson. You're digging yourself into a hole. No, because that is that is scheme. The, utilizing you, everything works. Is Lamar Jackson a talent? It, it, answer it, the answer the question. Yeah. Okay. As of right okay, now, okay, yeah. okay. I mean, he so, could fizzle out like Colin Kaepernick. We don't know. We don't know. But Lamar Jackson is a talent. Okay. Anyone would want him to be on that team. All right. right. Fair enough. Okay. So then Patrick Mahomes is a talent, right? Yes. Okay. So do you think Patrick Mahomes would be useless on another team? Uh, put Adam Gase as the head coach. Yeah. Oh, okay. You won on the Adam Gase. <laughs> I can't argue with Adam Gase. I can't do it. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you there with Adam Gase. There are countless examples of a coach and a player switching teams. And I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you this right useless. now. You put Peyton Manning on any team. Okay. He is going to produce. You know yeah. why? Cuz he, he coaches the, coach. the team. He's the coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. <laughs> All right. Um I'm trying to look up these fantasy points right now. I think it's going to take a little too long. Maybe we'll post it on Instagram. Yeah, we'll post it All on right. Instagram. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do a debate on uh, Justin Tucker to uh, some top wide receivers. Yeah, I, th- I think next episode we can start debating stuff, debating players, debating okay. situations, okay. all okay. that stuff. Okay, cool. All right, cool. we'll see you guys. You got anything to add? Uh, good luck with your drafts. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at tttfantasyfootball.com and follow us on Instagram at Top Tier Tactics. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. 